a Podcast One production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. We're talking about a very big election that took place recently in Latin America, South America to be specific, um, in Brazil, which had a very, well, it's not really a shock because he was expected to win, but we now have President Bolsonaro, who fits into the same category really as a Trump or a um, Rodrigo over in Philippines. He's pretty brash in your face, um, well, a bit racist. <laughs> <laughs> Not afraid to say certain things, is he, Keith? Yep. So he, he's someone who um, is certainly against uh, Indigenous peoples. He does, he's not very fond of the environment. As you say, he's, he's an authoritarian person. And it's interesting how in political science terms, authoritarianism, in other words, the notion of the strong man, is becoming so popular at the moment. As you say, you've got Trump, you've got obviously the leader in the Philippines, Duterte. Now we have it in Eastern Europe as well. And we've we've just seen it now in Brazil. So Brazil has had only about 30 years of the current stage of democracy. It was under the military rule for many years. And in fact, that's where uh, Bolsonaro spent much of his life. He was in the military. There's a bit of a question mark as to why he left the military. But anyway, he left the military, went into politics, and so was serving uh, at the tail end of that military rule. And he speaks glowingly of the military rulers in Brazil. He has their photos up on his wall of the military rulers in Brazil. And he takes the view that we've really, in Brazil, got to get back to strong leadership. Uh, you had years now of the Workers' Party, a sort of left-wing party, a number of leaders. You had a number of corruption inquiries as well, um, uh, major inquiries, um, uh, which began in a, a really small way. Uh, there was a garage that was um, suspected of laundering money and they, they just investigated more and more of the garage and ended up bringing down a, a Brazilian president and people going to jail. It's been huge, all flying on from this little inquiry about what seemed to be just money laundering but turned out to be major elements of corruption. So Bolsonaro is saying, look, vote for me. We will clean up Brazil. We will get rid of corruption. Brazil is very important. It's the uh, got the fifth largest population in the world. It's got the seventh largest economy in the world. It's a major country in economic and, and political terms. And so he is promising a new era of clean government, getting away from corruption. Um, the other the worry that I've got is that obviously he's got a flair for military dictatorships, um, and also because. Uh, Brazil has only had 30-odd years of a democracy of one sort or another. It's really quite fragile. It's not like the United States where, okay, Trump is authoritarian, but he's going to be bumping up against, well, now we know, a lower house which is controlled by the opposition party. Um, you've got a legal system which doesn't necessarily follow what the president has to say. In other words, the United States has robust institutions. Brazil is not in that same boat. So Brazil might end up with some severe problems with this authoritarian leader. And that's what's causing a lot of concern about the new leader. So tell me about the um, about the, the population. What's what's the major... They're Catholic, right? It's, it's Yeah, Catholic and they speak Portuguese. So it's part of the old Portuguese empire. They have a lot of Indigenous people and they have a lot of territory. It's one of the largest countries in the world and it has control over the Amazon, 
which are called the lungs of the world, the rainforest and the Amazon. Um, so it is very significant. It doesn't get much attention, I think, in Australian politics. Well, for a start, they don't speak English, they speak Portuguese. So that, you know, even there's a bit of a difference from the rest of Latin America, which is, tends to be Spanish-speaking. It's all part of the, the old Spanish empire. Portugal uh, got Brazil. So it, it sort of flies under our radar screen. But if you look at other overseas coverage, then Brazil is certainly seen as a very important country. Well, I think a lot of Australians do travel to Brazil, though, especially with the, what's the big statue on oh, Rio? Yes, 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 Christ of the Andes. Yeah, 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 yeah that. And then in the Amazon, obviously, look, yeah. it's an entry point for the Amazon for a lot of Australians who go over there. Um, now, this President Bolsonaro, very openly, well, is he open about the, I thought he was, that was my take on it, but you might have a different opinion. Uh, you say he's not very environmental, but you've got, you're overseeing the Amazon. Yeah. Which I remember back in school, Keith, in the 80s, <laughs> learning that they were bulldozing a cricket field a day type thing, probably, or every second, I think it was, and that was in the 80s. Yeah. But then we've gone through the last few decades. They slowed that down, didn't they, they, for a period of time? They kind of had a realisation that the Amazon is pretty unique and important to the world. That's right. And then this guy will put his foot back down the accelerator or what is your theory on this? Well, it's interesting. Phoebe Sleet, who um, is with the Future Directions Institute in Perth, now she's writing in her personal capacity, but she's produced a very interesting document um, on the potential to threaten global food security. So this is the significance of the issue. So he's going to be responsible for two-thirds of the Amazon rainforest, which is the largest rainforest um, in the world. He is suspected of having close connections with agribusiness and uh, the exploitation of Brazil's vast natural resources. So the suspicion that people have got is that, at the very least, Bolsonaro's comments have been inconsistent. So on the one hand... Um, he has said, well, look, we've got to get rid of all this red tape. Uh, We should have environmental deregulation, which, of course, is also a Trump characteristic. You know, Obama Mm. introduced all sorts of regulations to try to protect the environment in the United States. Trump has largely overturned a lot of those red tape regulations, sometimes called green tape. And so Bolsonaro, on one hand, is saying, look, we've got to get rid of all this red tape or green tape. We've got to start cutting down those trees. We've got to get at the resources that are there. We really don't know for sure all that's within the Amazon. You know, it may well be that somewhere there's a cure for cancer there, but we'd be cutting down the trees and therefore destroying the wildlife and all the rest of it. He has also uh, has a dislike of Indigenous peoples. And so, and of course, that's where they live. And <laughs> so his argument is, well... Um, they've they've got to be cleaned out as well. So, you know, don't forget this is a guy who's a campaigner. And so as a campaigner, he's made comments that would appeal to the deep right. The argument has been, however, that he may be restrained from what he would like to do. First of all, because he's got to get legislation through Congress. So, okay, he's been elected, he takes over on the 1st of January, but he's still got to get support from Congress. So he may not be able to get that far. And it may well be that enough environmental experts will just simply say, look, you cannot destroy the Amazon because it's so important for the, the oxygen cycle on planet Earth. So it may well be that the fears that people have got about his attitude towards the environment may not play out. And Phoebe Sleet, in her brilliant little article, does actually look at both sides of the point of view there. She's emphasising the importance of Brazil in terms of global food security. 
And she is simply saying, in a sense, keep an eye on this because clearly whatever happens in Brazil will have global significance if he starts to destroy the Amazon. Well, gosh, there have been so many videos, uh, video evidence given to media over the last few years of very remote tribes that have clearly never seen humans before outside their own tribes. And they're like they're, these are people that have never had interactions with, with civilised yeah. culture. They're still walking around in their little towels over their genitals, <laughs> in their... in their, yeah. like That still exists in this world, in the Amazon. I wouldn't use the way you, the word civilised as you do when you look at the behaviour of Western well, countries. That, can we, <laughs> <coughs> can we regard ourselves as civilised? Thank you. But you're right. You've got people there who have had little contact with the modern world. They've managed to survive, of course, in very difficult jungles. If you and I were to go into those jungles, we'd perish very quickly. So these are people who, okay, they're not modern, but they have managed to survive. Mm. And so that's why some of us, I'm involved with Survival International. Uh, That's why we're concerned about protecting Indigenous peoples. Yeah, and a lot of of experts, like as you say, these organisations say don't go, do not go. And and that's why they've they've spied on these tribes through drones because they still don't want to send anyone in either. They don't want to disrupt them in any capacity and make them think there's a world outside, which, God, Imagine if this president prevails and suddenly exactly these people are plucked out of obscurity and yeah. yeah. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Suter. We're talking about the Brazilian election that happened very recently. There's a brand new right-wing uh, president called Bolsonaro. He's quite brash. He's like Trump and Rodrigo Duterte in the Philippines and says things that we would probably think are pretty wrong and out there, but he doesn't really mind. He wants to get rid of all Indigenous people, doesn't like them, pretty open about that. Probably knocked down half of the uh, Amazon while he's at it. <laughs> so he, he's he's uh, an interesting character. Keith. He's a very interesting character. I think that from a political science point of view, what I find interesting is the rise of what's called the authoritarian personality in politics. So we see it with Trump, we see it with Duterte, we see it now here with Bolsonaro in Brazil. You've really got, on a political spectrum, you've got people who are fairly easygoing, people who are fairly optimistic about the world, but then you've got another group of people who feel very threatened by what's going on in the world. Now, when you do opinion surveys, you just can't ask people, do you like authoritarian rulers, right? We're not talking about totalitarian rulers like North Korea or China, but you do want to have a strong person, usually a man. You want to have a strong person running your country. So there are um, a number of questions that you can put to people indirectly to get at this. Uh, So one of them is just simply bad ideas about child raising. Do you believe children should be allowed to flourish in their own way or should they be tightly controlled? So you've got a series of questions. And so what we've seen in the United States and we're seeing now in Brazil has been the rise of the authoritarian personality who likes to have authoritarian leaders. So it's a new direction. You know, we've, we've come out of a, uh, an era of several years where we've been fairly easygoing, we've been fairly relaxed. Barack Obama is a great example of that. And I think we're now seeing the pendulum swing back into another direction. In the United Kingdom, we've seen it in terms of Brexit. There, the issue, um, again, the, I've got to say the opinion polls got it wrong. The opinion polls, like in 2016, predicting a Clinton victory. New York Times said it was a was it an 86% chance that Mrs Clinton was going to become president? Oh. This was just on the eve of the voting. In the case of the United Kingdom, you had a lot of people who said that, again, it was a voluntary vote in the United Kingdom. A lot of people said, oh, well, they were going to vote to remain. 
but in the privacy of the polling booth where not even the National Security Agency can spy on you, you then struck back against globalisation. We saw it 2016 with Trump. We've seen it also with Brexit, and now we're seeing it with Brazil. In other words, there is a uh, the people who run society, um, here I'm beginning to sound a bit like Donald Trump, the people who run society are the internationalists. They're the people from anywhere. There's a great book, that's, we ought to look at this, um, uh, from the United Kingdom, the, the distinction between people from somewhere, people from anywhere. So the people from anywhere are the people who like globalisation, they're educated, they're open, they're tolerant, etc. Um, the people from somewhere are people who are rooted in local community, very passionate, they're nationalistic, not necessarily well-educated, are resentful about the 25% of the British who are the people from anywhere. And so what we're seeing is a rebellion by an underclass of people who just resent the political correctness, the globalisation, the influx of foreigners. And so these are people who are, are vote for authoritarian leaders who talk about being nationalists. A real problem for Bolsonaro, getting back to our Brazilian friend, Bolsonaro is a nationalist, and yet he's talking about trying to introduce uh, liberal economic reforms. Um, we saw that in Chile. So when um, uh, Salvador Allende was overthrown on 9-11 in 1973, he was replaced by the military. So here you have a tough, strong military replacing a left-wing government. And they then brought in what were called the boys from Chicago. So the University of Chicago produces a hardline doctrinaire economists who believe in the market. Back in 1973, that was a big shock. Now we've got it in Australia where it's not such a big shock. You know, we've sold off Qantas, the Commonwealth Bank, except we've privatised and corporatised. But it was a big thing for Chile to do that. And so the problem in Chile is that when you sort of introduce these reforms, you've then got to have a strong police force because you're going to have a lot of unrest. If you're going to start winding up these big government finance projects, what are you going to do about the unemployed? Mrs Thatcher, when she came to power in 1979, when the first thing she did was to improve the pay scales of the police. She knew she had to keep the police on her side, which, of course, was certainly the case when you had the miners' strike. You know, the miners had rebelled and practically overthrown Ted Heath's Conservative government. They thought they could take on Mrs Thatcher, and she beat them. So that's the authoritarian ruler. So if you're going to have all of these market-led reforms, neoliberalism, whatever you want to call it, uh, new right economic rationalism, you've got to have a strong police force to better maintain order. This is going to be the dilemma with an authoritarian leader like Bolsonaro. In Brazil, uh, really? In Brazil, yeah. He wants to be a nationalist. Are the cops pretty corrupt over there? Oh, they're corrupt. And they can been, be bought. They can be bought. And there are a lot of guns in Brazil. And you've got a lot of violence in Brazil. Oof. And so that will probably increase if, in fact, you get another influx of boys from Brazil who will do in Brazil what they've done in Russia following the overthrow of communism and what they've done in other places around the world. In other words, just allow the market to set the price for everything 
there's a very different sort of mindset. That's what I find fascinating because if you're going to go for neoliberal reforms, that makes you a globalist. That means you link your economy into the global economy, which means, therefore, you rub up against the nationalists. You see how politically confused it is? This is why there's so much confusion about where does Bolsonaro actually stand. Well, and this is the thing. Like, is it right-wing or left-wing? Everything seems to mesh together these days. You can't really pick it. <laughs> well, I don't think left-wing, right-wing really makes much sense nowadays. It it's really a distinction between authoritarian and non-authoritarian leadership. And so Brazil is going to go down at the moment, by the looks of it, this authoritarian leadership position from the 1st of January next year. But there will be turmoil because if you then also introduce neoliberal reforms, get rid of all these government-controlled corporations, etc., and let the market set the price, you're going to end up with even more unemployment, even more poverty. As we've seen in Great Britain, we saw it in Russia at the time of Yeltsin, this is just par for the course. It's your mechanism for cleansing the economy. But if if you're part of the bit that's being cleansed, it's very unpleasant. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So how is this sort of philosophy playing out in America then? Well, in America, what we're seeing with Trump, again, is this degree of confusion. Trump is a nationalist. Right, he's, he's standing up to China, etc. But at the same time, he's got a lot of people in his own cabinet who believe in neoliberal reforms, letting the market set the price. Plus, you've got American individualism, it's part of their DNA. You are free to be rich and you are free to die in squalor. And you've got farmers now doing it hard because their product's not going to China. Exactly. Interesting. It's very interesting times. And so that's why I'd say you've got to pay attention to this issue of authoritarianism in politics. Forget all the left-right-wing stuff. Mm. I don't think it's a terribly good method of analysis. You need to find alternative ways of trying to analyse situations. Oh, fascinating. Keith, Dr Keith Souter, everyone. <laughs> this has been Global Truths with Dr Keith Souter. It's recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Producer is me, Kate Mack. Production assistance by Liv Proud. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. And for more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.